Hi everyone, welcome to HubShot's episode 266. In this episode, we talk about why HubSpot email preference groups are finally awesome, plus tips to creating tickets from conversations, and why custom report builder and tools are your friend. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot-focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks and strategies for growing your sales, service, marketing, and operations results. My name is Ian Jack from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? I'm really well. And you know what? We're recording on a Wednesday night. We normally record on Mondays after a long day. And the difference for this episode is we prepared it all on Monday. We just ran out of time. We're recording on Wednesday night. And I feel I feel a lot more energized than I normally do. Got to record. We'll see if that comes through in the episode tonight. But really good first topic, talking about tools and your friend. You mentioned this to me before the show and it, it's an excellent topic. Take it away. That's right. And this is our growth thought of the week. And we were talking about this because as you grow and we've grown in our business, we look for tools to optimize processes, give us more insight and enable us to get things done faster, right? Reporting is another great one. Like people always say, well, how about reporting? Like if we can optimize that have a platform that does the reporting for us, like HubSpot, that gives us real-time reporting, that's one less thing we have to worry about because we've kind of set it up once and we basically gain insight from it all the time. And I think like if we look at this across our life, Craig, like you're thinking about tools are part of our lives, you know, like I'm doing a bit of gardening recently, right? So buying a really good wheelbarrow, buying a good shovel that could appropriately shovel a sand in made a big difference to carting it around because I realized I, I kind of looked at a wheelbarrow when I first started. And I thought, oh, I'll just go really cheap because I'm just going to use it a couple of times. And then when I went to have a look at it, I was like, uh, I don't know where this is going to do the job. So I then went, okay, well, I'm going to buy a better wheelbarrow, not the not the best, but of like a good wheelbarrow with a good wheel, etc. And it's made all the difference to getting the job done a lot quicker and just making it far more enjoyable. So, I thought about that in terms of, well, that happens in our lives, in the hobbies that we do, in the jobs that we do, and in our lives, right? So, it can also help you break barriers, right? You kind of think, well, how do I get through that faster? How do I make this easier? And how does it help me solve problems that I'm facing along the way? Which then led me to, here are some things that we think about when we are evaluating tools. So, First one, can this cut down my time to get the job done? Is it easy to use? That's a really big factor. That's another one. Does it give me insight into data if that's what you're using it for? Or does it give me insight into the data that I'm using? So, and I'll talk about more about this when we talk about the tools that we use, especially if a tool uses artificial intelligence and machine learning to get that, to surface that. Will the investment pay you back many times over? That's another good, good thing because sometimes people think, oh, that's expensive, but how much is it costing you to hire somebody to do that job or even the number of man hours required to get the job done and the speed to deliver the job? And then another one, which I said is a very intangible benefit and is often overlooked is, does it reduce stress and anxiety for yourself and in your business with others? That's a really good point because when people can't communicate with you because you're unavailable, because the tools aren't there, that causes anxiety and stress because they're like, I don't know what's going on. I need help. Help me. That's why we love HubSpot support because you can reach them on chat. You can log a ticket. You can even get them to call you back. And we just want to know that someone's there to help us. 
So, Craig, here are some of the tools we like to use. And listeners, this is a combination of things we use in our businesses and in our lives over many, many years that have proven themselves and that we love to use that make our lives so much easier. And it doesn't include HubSpot in that list, but it should. But these are the other ones. So, the first one I'm going to talk about is a tool we use for managing Google Ads. And I know we both use this. It's called Optimizer. And we've used that for a while. And it just does things like surfaces, issues you may be having, or ads that are performing poorly that you can pause and write new ads for. It even does things like understanding what uh, keywords are poor quality, et cetera. So it's a great tool. The next one we use uh, is Agora Pulse. And this is for managing social media. If you're not a marketing pro enterprise user, this is what we use. And I know we do this across the board. What's the third one, Craig? Well, Loom, we've talked about that recently. Very quick video creation, useful tool. The next one you've got is Feedly. I don't use this, but what? What? tell me a bit more about this. I think it's probably a bit like Newsblur, which is the last one you've stuck on the list. Yeah, right. And I use that to consume a lot of the news and different blogs I read things from, and then I'm mm-hmm. able to save it. So, often listeners for this show, like I'll read some interesting things and I'll save it as an item which I then go back into my list when we're preparing the show notes and I'm able to utilize it. So, it's a great place. We've got Google Workspace or whatever they rebrand it to each month. And, and then, of course, right. there's the Microsoft has their Office 365 equivalent. The next one, and I think this people often don't use this and they have a, a great angst and uh, when managing passwords. So, uh, we use one password in our business. I know Craig uses LastPass. But it's so good for managing passwords and then giving access to people that need the access without storing them in a spreadsheet on a piece of paper on your desk. Yeah, we've got all the usual ones like Slack as well for team communication. We've got Zoom and Teams for video meetings. We use Teamwork for project management. We mentioned a few times on the on the show before. But uh, you've put Elgato Lights, uh, which you put me onto these as well. I use them. They're really useful and excellent lights. So, that's made a difference to my life and yours. That's right. And listeners, why we have mentioned Elgato lights is because Craig and myself bought cheaper lights. And if you're watching a video of us, you will see that we have other lights. Yeah, I have one in my background. That was one of the ones I bought first, where it's all manual. You've got to, it just doesn't feel sturdy. It just doesn't have the same uh, feeling of using an Elgato key light where you can operate it because there's an app on your computer, there's an app on your phone, you can adjust the temperature. It just works really nicely and it's yeah. really nice. I'd, I'd liken it to an Apple product in terms of the usability and how it operates and the feeling you get when using it just makes your life so much nicer. And then you've put some others like MacBook Pro. So, yeah, good a good quality laptop, whether it's Apple or, or Windows. Standing desk, yeah, I, I invested in some standing desks. You've got Apple AirPods as well. That's again, and you've also put Bose noise cancelling headphones. I don't have a pair of those myself, but they're all products that help streamline your life and work. That's right. Another thing that we both have, and I guess this may be because we've come from IT backgrounds, is having a good backup uh, of data and mobile data. So, if we ever lose our connection to the net, we've got multiple ways to, again, reinstate that. And we use Telstra in Australia. And I know that there are other great carriers around the world as well. Yeah, and we'll just finish. Yeah, I mentioned um, News Blur earlier and then Overcast for my podcast listening. So, 
You might wonder, why did we mention all these tools? They've got nothing to do with HubSpot. I think the overall point that you make is really good, Ian. It's about getting the right tools that provide efficiency in your life and your business. And, you know, we could extrapolate it and say, well, buy a low number of high-quality items. That's almost the secret to an enjoyable life in some ways. You could talk about, didn't you just buy a new mattress? <laughs> That's like you bought a high-quality mattress. Your sleep's improved. You know, there's, we could go down that tangent as well, but... I think the point it's leading up to is, yeah, having the right tools. And we'll pick up on this later in the show and you'll see how this kind of all fits together. Now, listeners, on to our quick shots of the week. And I know people have feedback has shown us that people like to know what's going on. And so we're going to keep adding more and more to this and doing it. So the first thing that has become available is AB email testing in workflows. And this has been in beta for a while, but it's now widely available. And you've got to have marketing professional upwards to utilize this feature. Yeah, they've also improved the blog post editor a little bit. I mean, no major update there, but when there's no content, uh, that's a little nicer. And they've added the forecast tool into the mobile app as well. I thought this was interesting. It's almost like you're doing forecasting on your out on the road. Uh, so interesting use case there. And I'll say why, Craig, because more and more, especially the teams that we deal with are mobile, they're on the road. And so when they have their meetings with people, uh, with their managers and stuff, I think what's happening is because of the forecast tool and its ability to say, well, what's the next action that I'm going to take? If they don't log on and do that in the tool, then I think what what they've enabled them to do is like, well, I'm using the mobile app and I'm on the road. I can fill it in and make it easier to get that data for reporting purposes. And the final one is data. HubSpot has added a bunch more data sync integrations. And what's interesting here, Craig, is that I looked at those data sync integrations and a lot of them are to other CRMs, believe it or not, which is very fascinating to understand whether it's done to actually, because people are using those CRMs for particular reasons. One of them I saw in there was Job Adder. And I know because one of my friends used to use it and it's built on top of Salesforce. And so that's really interesting. So it's a lot of recruiters use it. And here we are now being able to connect to it, which makes me believe that there are so many use cases that people might use CRM in that perspective, but they might be using marketing operations, service tools on this side to make their life easier. All right, onto our HubSpot marketing feature of the week. All right. Well, we're going to cover two little features. The first is available in all tiers, and that's the email allow listing. Now, you might wonder, what is this? It's just a way to get the list of IP addresses that HubSpot sends from. And so you might be like, oh, why do I care about where they send from? Well, if you're sending internal email notifications and they're not turning up, it's possible that your IT department has email rules in place and they're just not getting through. No problem, just get that allow listing and we've got some screenshots in the show notes how to get that. Send that to your IT department so they can allow it and that should enable the internal email notifications. So just a quick little tip there. Now, the second one though that I really wanted to spend a bit more time on was talking about email preference groups. This is an enterprise, marketing enterprise hub feature and it's been around in beta for a while, but it's now, I'm going to say it's now finally finally <laughs> got awesome. Uh, so they've had it. So what it means is if you've got multiple brands in your portal and you're sending out emails and you want to give those recipients uh, a kind of a cut down version so they only see preferences for that brand, 
and not all the preferences. So if you've got email subscription types for all your different brands, people don't want to be uh, choosing a bunch from amongst all of them. They just want that list that's appropriate for them. So you can create preference groups. This is done within email settings. Now, why is it, and they've had this for a little while and we've talked about it on the show before, but why is it now awesome? Well, the Manage Preferences page, they've got this preview link. So now it's automatically when put in the footer link, when you go to Manage Preferences, you get your own cut down page. And we were testing this earlier in the week and I didn't even know this was here and you highlighted it. So what it means, if you get our show notes, by the way, go to hubshots.com slash subscribe, sign up for the show notes. If you click the manage preferences at the bottom of that, you'll only get the preferences for a few Hubshots related email subscriptions, not all the different brands that I have in our portal. So that's really nice. And that's why I'm saying it's finally really good. I think this is really, really useful now. Got some screenshots. One little gotcha though, the global resubscription email is, well, it's global. So you can't tailor that for each brand. So there's still work to be done, I feel there. So if someone has unsubscribed previously and then they get that oh, resubscribe link, they get that list of everything, every single email subscription type, which is a little bit off-putting. Hopefully they fix that up as well. But a little right change, there, Greg. overall really good. And listeners, I guess how we stumbled upon this or what we were trying to do was trying to figure out how to do it. And one of the things that stood out, because I think these preferences were there before, but I don't think they linked it to the brand domain that it was working on. So I remember when we were going through it, Craig, we had to set that up, even though we had these as individuals for it to show up. And so that's that's the part that was probably missing earlier, but a great step forward for HubSpot. All right, onto our sales feature of the week. And this is about custom team property sidebars. This is an enterprise feature again, and it allows your level of customization of properties to show sidebars of objects, contacts, companies, deals, and tickets, etc. But what enterprise enables you to do is take this further and allow specific sidebars for a set of teams, which is a really great idea. And we're going to talk about one thing, probably is not, it was a bit of a gotcha when we were working with it, wasn't it, Craig? Yeah, and that is to understand there for teams. So I'll take a step back. I'll explain why would you want to do this. Let's say you've got a sales team and a marketing team. And you want to say if someone's part of the sales team, well, show them some specific sections on the side of a contact, for example, in the left-hand sidebar. But if then they're marketing, show them a different set of properties. So if it's sales, they might be related to activity, sales activity, that kind of thing. If they're marketing, it might be related to engagement, page views, sessions, emails that they've clicked, that kind of thing. So it's really designed to let you streamline that left sidebar. So you're just seeing the fields and the properties that are most relevant to you. So therefore, a way of grouping it is with teams. So the sales, marketing, that's just an example. You can create any team you want. Uh, You might create it for certain teams in certain locations, for example. But let's just use those as an example. So for those teams, first of all, you'll have had to set up people, your users to be in those teams. But then you create this sidebar for a particular team. Now, what's, and here's the gotcha, what's if a user is a member of multiple teams? Well, that got us, because I actually created a separate sidebar just for one of our teams, but I'm also a member of that team, but I'm a secondary member. My main team is another team. And I was like, why am I not seeing it? Well, turns out it's only the primary team that you're part of. So if the sidebar is created for a team, you have to be a primary member of that team to see it. So a little gotcha. 
kind of difficult to explain, but if you've got the show notes, you'll see it, screenshots, and it'll all make a lot more sense. Very powerful feature and one that I don't see a lot of people using. Now, it is an enterprise feature, but we're actually a lot of our clients are on enterprise now. It's actually becoming more common than pro, I find. I don't know if you find the same, Ian, but enterprise is getting quite popular. Not a lot of people are using these features. And in fact, quite often, they just got hundreds of properties crammed into the left sidebar. And it's like, oh, we can really optimize this for you and make it more efficient. And that's just a, it's just a wonderful feature that's uh, a part of the product, really flexible. All right. On to our HubSpot service feature of the week. Creating tickets from conversations. And this is to do with incoming conversations that can automatically create a ticket. But this option is a little hidden away in the settings. And what it enables you to do is you can set this from the inbox settings for the channel, right? And when you click the edit button, you go to the automation tab and then you turn this on. And it does say it's recommended, but in instant we were looking at, it wasn't actually turned on, was it, Craig? Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's on by default, but that may have changed along the way because this this has been around for a while, but not a lot of people know about it. And again, we've got screenshots in the show notes because to find this, it's actually really hard to find it. And as you said, you have to go to settings, then inboxes, then the channel, then the edit button, then you go down to a tab, then your automation tab to finally find this damn thing to turn it on, right? It's actually quite, you can be forgiven for not finding it. But yeah, what it does, you've got a conversation come in and it'll create a ticket. Now, one of the things to follow on is like, well, what's if the conversation isn't assigned to anyone initially? What happens with the ticket? Is there a ticket owner? The answer is it doesn't initially. The owner is left blank. But then what's if the conversation is assigned, well, as it gets assigned out to members of the team? What happens to the ticket? Well, it's really cool. HubSpot automatically open updates the ticket owner to be whoever the conversation owner is, which I thought was really good. And then you might say, okay, well, what happens when you close the conversation? Does it close the ticket? Well, that doesn't happen by default, but this is where conversation workflows are, your friend. Again, we've got a screenshot in the show notes. So just to summarize, you've got a conversation comes in, could come in via email or Facebook or whatever. You can set that to automatically create a ticket. You work on the conversation, you close it, and then that can close the ticket and then the ticket is where you're probably going to do most of your reporting from. So very flexible. I don't think a lot of people know about this. Once you find the setting, very easy to set that up, and it makes life a lot easier. And listeners, we've had this question a few times with people that we're coaching and talking to. They're like, well, how do I measure what's going on with conversations? So we actually tell them, create a ticket out of it because you can manage that process and understand the time tickets take to start to finish, and you can report it on, on it appropriately. Even if you don't do anything with the ticket technically, it's a tool that can enable, enable reporting for you mm. from that perspective. Yeah, actually, we probably should do a separate segment sometime on best practice, but I definitely recommend doing most of the work in conversations. It's automatically creating a ticket and everything flows there. And you might say, well, why create a ticket if it's all in the conversations? Well, one part is reporting. But two is you can very easily see against a contact record or a deal perhaps related, the tickets related to that as well. So that's good for, first of all, reporting if you want to join across things, but it just gives the complete picture. And then later, because we're going to be talking uh, in future episodes about the customer portal that's just been released by HubSpot, uh, against tickets. If a customer wants to log in and see, oh, what was all, what were all the support items that I went? That's where they're going to use tickets. 
So do most of your work in conversations, but then keep tickets enabled for all those other benefits. All right. Onto our HubSpot workflow gotcha of the week. And this is to do with HubSpot custom code actions. And this is in Operations Hub Pro and above. So Craig is going to tell us more about that. Oh, look, I've been banging my head against the wall here, Ian. So we first mentioned this back in episode 261. I've been trying to get custom code actions working. It's one of those areas that is just not intuitive for me. And, and, and keep in mind, I'm a former developer. Custom code actions, I'll tell you what they are. In a workflow, you can have an action which then runs code to perform certain actions, such as you might want to format phone numbers or you might want to cleanse a name, splitting a full name into first and last, for example. You might want to count line items and sum them up, all these kind of things. And actually, HubSpot has a good use cases page, which then links off to a bunch of code examples that they host on GitHub. Anyway, I've been going through them, trying to get them to work. I just can't get them to work. So there's kind of three parts of a custom code action, setting up the variables, setting up input and output variables, and then third part, writing the JavaScript. Now, the first two are fine. I can get the API key there. I can get the input and output. JavaScript, I just can't get it working. I suspect it's because some of the API calls I'm making don't have the formatting right on, on the property names and things like that. But it, debugging this thing is really hard. It's really bad error tracking. Or maybe I just don't know. Maybe I don't know. Anyway, why am I mentioning that when I can't get it to work? <laughs> this is not a complaint about HubSpot, folks. The reason I'm doing it is because I suspect I'm not the only person that's hit this, hit this wall and potentially given up. I'm here to tell you I'm not going to give up. I'm going to work this out, finally work it out, and maybe then I'll do a separate whole little shot on how to get it working because I think it's very powerful and I'm keen to actually make it work. It's just that I think the documentation is incomplete and not as helpful as possible. And plus, I think some of those GitHub examples are just wrong. I think they don't. I don't know if they've even been tested, frankly. But anyway, once I work them out, I will share with you listeners. So I will struggle on. And I think, like you rightly say, Craig, like there is a level of code you can write. So you can write, and we both come from a software development background. You can say, okay, here's a really simple scenario. But then we started thinking about, oh, we were splitting names. Oh, hang on. There is no surname or it has a middle name. What do we do about that? So when you think about all the considerations that's to be taken into account, and that isn't in the, in the examples, you realize how quickly you can get unstuck if you don't know what you're doing and you don't know how to do it. So I think it's a good base to start from, and I think we will figure it out, and it will get better over time. But that's where we are right now. And then coming on to our insight of the week is custom report builder is your secret weapon. All right. Speaking of banging your head against a wall... The custom report builder, we've alluded to this before in the shows, there is a learning curve. I think a lot of the HubSpot tools, they're very intuitive. You can just get going very quickly. Drag and drop builder is a joy to use. Like the workflow tool, really easy to use, right? You pick it up really quickly. The custom report builder, I don't think is as intuitive as it should be. And there's a learning curve. So for the first couple of hours that you're using it, you're getting kind of things done, but then you're like, no, this isn't quite right. But then you work it out and there's an aha moment that you and I have both got over. Once you get over that, you're like, oh, wow, this is actually really cool. The custom report is really good. So inside of the week, I am, I guess, predicting custom report builder, I think, is going to be big. And knowing where they're going or having some kind of insight into where they're going, this is going to be a very powerful tool. And so much so that I feel 
in the not too distant future, there's going to be HubSpot consultants who all they're doing is setting up custom report builder reports and dashboards. It's almost like a data analyst role or a, you know, a, a BI analyst, a business intelligence analyst. I think there's going to be agencies that just focus on reporting and setting up dashboards. And I think they're going to do it with the HubSpot tool. So why am I mentioning that in the show? Folks, this is a really powerful tool. It's kind of a secret weapon for your business. Get up to speed with it. I think it's one of those parts of the system that if you put the time in to getting up to speed, there's almost an asymmetric return in the value that you get from that and can provide to the business. So there you go. Custom Report Builder is your friend. And there was one thing that, Craig, you were going to mention was that there is some new functionality in Operations Hub Enterprise where you have the ability to get data sets to do more and further reporting. And this is, we'll build on this as we go along, but we're currently just learning and testing about it. But it's something that's quite exciting to see that that's a possibility that's happening right as we speak. Uh, and shout out to Elliot on this. He he sent us a little video walking he us did. through it and I was blown away. I'm like, wow, this is, this is going to be big. For those of you listening, we are sunsetting our throwback of the week. This will be the last show that has that. Yeah. Hold, hold back those tears, people. All right. On to the thought of the week, Craig. So I made this up. You know how some, one, one, of the, one of the survey feedback was we have too many shots of the week. So just for fun, I've actually made up a new one. But <laughs> anyway, it's called thought of the week. It's quick gratitude tip. So Ian, just imagine this. Imagine a world where there's no undo feature in any product. Just imagine that world. And now be thankful you don't live in that world. Ta-da! That's the gratitude tip of the week, folks. All right. And leading on to our quote of the week, it's from Vincent Van Gogh. It says, if one wants to be active, one mustn't be afraid to do something wrong sometimes, not afraid to lapse into some mistakes. I think that's very apt. All right. And on to our training of the week, which is... HubSpot Custom Report Builder Training, and this is how to build custom reports. And there's a great academy lesson on how to do that. So we encourage you all to be uncomfortable or get uncomfortable with being uncomfortable as you learn and work your way through the Custom Report Builder. Listeners, we hope you've enjoyed the episode. And as always, Craig and myself are doing HubSpot coaching. If you are using HubSpot, any professional product or enterprise product, we have a special coaching package that's available and you can join the wait list right now as we go. And, and actually, we'll be sharing some testimonials a little bit later on of the people who are actually gone through the program. So, that'll be great. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And Craig, until next week. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. To get the latest show notes, HubSpot tips and marketing resources, sign up at hubshots.com. You can also book time with us to help you grow better with HubSpot.